Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. I'm so glad that you are here, and as we kick off this new series called Welcome Home, it really is about understanding how we can, under, how we can experience home the way that Jesus desires us to. Think about what it feels like for you to have a place that you call home. What makes it a home? What makes it comfortable for you to just be yourself? And no matter what that looks like, for you to be fully and completely free in doing so. A place where you know that you won't experience judgment. A place where you can be at your best and you can be at your worst. You can be at your highest and you can be at your lowest. A place where you can say what you want to say and not have to be politically correct. A place where you can speak at times and be unfiltered. A place where you can use the wrong word, say the wrong phrase, even deliver it in the wrong tone, and it still is home. There aren't a lot of places like that. But can I cast a vision with you right now? River's Edge is that place. It's always been that place. It was created on that premise, on that understanding of what church is really supposed to be like. A place where you can come in as you are and not have to worry about being perfect. Because the only person that we are here to worship is the perfect Son of God, Jesus Christ. He's the only one that needs to be perfect in this space. He's the only one that needs to be perfect all the time in your life. And he's the only one who is able to turn your very being and turn that into your and his home. He's able to make you feel right in your own skin. And sometimes we just don't feel right in our own skin. There are things about us that when we look in the mirror, we just don't like. We don't feel like that's who we are. We feel that way when we're too thin or maybe we're put on a few pounds. We feel that way when we see ourselves aging and we don't like how we're aging. We look at ourselves in, in the mirror and sometimes we see a complexion that isn't what we would expect to have. We think about ways of putting ourselves down and when we don't do that, there are enough people around us who are doing that all the time. Reminding us of how we're not right of what's missing, of how we should be and could be better. And we don't feel at home even within ourselves. There's something wrong with the way we think. There's something wrong with the way we speak. There's something wrong with the way we act. And it seems like whatever we are doing, we never seem to quite measure up. And that's a lot to deal with, isn't it? On the day-to-day. -day. 
And, and what God wants us to do is that he wants us to bring us into a relationship with him so that we can finally feel at home with him. And it's interesting because most of us would feel that we would be judged by God. We would feel somehow that God would be the one that we would, should feel the most uncomfortable with. But when you get to meet the person of Jesus, really understand who he is, you see how we are welcomed home. One of the first examples we have of Jesus, and it's a story from his own childhood. And it's actually the only story that we have of Jesus' childhood in the scriptures. It's a story in which they had gone to Jerusalem in Luke chapter 2 as a family, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. And Jesus at this point in his life is 12 years of age. And when he makes his way into Jerusalem, they are there for the Passover festival. And this Passover festival, well, look at it. It says this in verse 41 and in Luke chapter 2. It says, every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. And when Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. And after the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. And his parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed that he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. And when they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. And three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, and he was sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions, and all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And his parents didn't know what to think. And so Mary says, son, why have you done this to us? And your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. And then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and all the people. May God bless his word to our hearts. Amen. You know, when we read his word, it, it nourishes us. It touches us spiritually in ways that we don't realize, you know. It's like kind of going through the whole day without drinking any water. And you start to realize, hey, I might be dehydrated because your head is spinning, because you've got a headache, because you're not feeling so great. Well, the word of God does that to us. It nourishes us the way that food and water does. And when we're in the presence of his word, we're in the presence of Jesus, who is the living word. And it has a way of impacting us and touching us in ways that we don't always feel immediately, but we've nourished ourselves. So I want you to think of that as, as we continue today. And I, the only story that we have of Jesus' childhood is this one here. I mean, we could have had so many stories, but this is the one that's in the Bible. And why is this one so important? Well, I want to talk to you about Jesus today in a way that maybe you haven't heard before. I want to talk to you about Jesus the runaway. Did you ever run away from something? From someone? Did you ever want to run away from a situation and a circumstance? Just something you just didn't want to deal with. And so you just avoided it or you avoided them. And that was like your way of running away. 
It's just your way of just not dealing with the issue. Something bad ever happened to you? That the best way for you to deal with it is just to run away from that memory? Run away from that emotion? Run away from the trauma that it's caused you? And the best thing to do is just to get as far away from that as possible instead of dealing with it? Well, I want you to imagine that Jesus in this moment does something that's really unusual for not just for Jesus, but I think for any child. He just makes a decision to not go back home with his parents. His parents were going home. And this was Jesus' home. And he makes a decision to not go home. Did you ever wish you were born into another family? Did you ever wish, like, you didn't have to go home? Did you ever wish that you could go anywhere else but that home? I had feelings like that growing up as a kid. There were moments where the last thing I wanted to do was go home. And the later I could stay out and the furthest I could stay away from uh, my dad in particular, I, 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 I just did it. And I remember at one point uh, wanting to run away. And, 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 it's, and it's interesting because I, I, I so vividly remember this moment and I went to my mom and I said, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm running away. And I was a kid, like I was young. I was maybe you know, eight or nine years old. And, and my mom's like, okay, you wanna go? Come, I'm gonna help you. <laughs> I was like, I'm like totally confused by this. <clears throat> and like she's packing my bag, my backpack from school, you know, just like filling it with stuff. Hey, you wanna take this? You want this too? What, you think life's gonna be better for you? You wanna go? Come on, let's go. I'm gonna help you. And then I, I get the bag and I'm holding it and I'm at the front door and, and I said, aren't you gonna make me a sandwich? <laughs> and I'm like already confused by this and the fact that I have no food and she's always been my provider for that. And she, she, says, she says these exact words, where you're going, there are no Italians that are going to feed you. So I never left. That scared the living daylights out of me. I, I knew that she was right. I wasn't going to have it any better wherever it was that I was going to go. And so I made a decision to not run away. But there are people who do run away. In fact, I was checking out the RCMP website this, this week, and, and I was seeing that between 2013 and February 2020, Canada ha had um, some 50 six amber alerts you ever get one of those alerts on your phone well i was always wondered you know like does it work like do do these amber alerts actually work and and these 56 alerts involved actually 74 abducted children and you know that 67 were returned safely because of it 67 out of 74 it's pretty amazing actually compared to like all of them going missing and this website also says that between 30 and 40,000 kids run away from home every year in Canada. That's a lot of kids running away. I'm sure those numbers are elevated in other parts of the world, but that's pretty high for a population the size of Canada. And, and when you think about 40,000 
running away, and 30,000 of them are runaways, you realize that this is an actual problem that we do have. Uh, but what I was encouraged by was this one stat that said 62% of the cases are actually closed within 24 hours and 92% within a week. And I find this interesting because it still took Mary and Joseph three days to find Jesus. Three days. Like, it's, it wasn't just the time that they had left Jerusalem, but then once they had left Jerusalem for Nazareth, they had to make their way back and the Bible says that they looked for him for three days. So you can imagine what they must have felt like. Look, I've lost my kid for a few minutes. Maybe it was longer than that. But I have done that. And when it happens, it's like you go in total paralyzed, lockdown, freak out mode. Anybody ever experienced that? I lost my son at a car show. He went in one door and somehow went out the other door and I never noticed. I just got distracted talking with another dad who had his kid the same age as my son, and, I, and we assumed that they were in the backseat of this Cadillac, except my son decided to walk out the other door and make himself a tourist to go and check out all the Lexuses down over at the other end. And I had to go to a security guard, frantic, running to him saying, lock down this place. Now, where am I? I am in the Olympic Stadium. <laughs> but in that moment, I wasn't taking no for an answer. And the guy's like, I can't lock this place down. It's impossible. And I'm like, in his face, yelling, you are locking it down. So the guy's on the walkie-talkie. He locks the place down. And within a few minutes of doing that, there is a man holding my son by the hand, walking over, and he's saying, is this your kid? I'm like, yeah, he looks familiar. And I took him and I strapped him into his uh, stroller, and, and there he remained the rest of the day. He was not getting out. What, what, a, what a panic. And when I asked my son, like, where did you go? He goes, I wanted to go see the Lexus. That's what was the answer. My son loves cars and loved cars back then, and, and that's what he wanted to do. But can you imagine how frantic his parents would have been? Now, they actually thought he had to be elsewhere. That's the first thing we notice in the scriptures. He wasn't supposed to be anywhere else but with them. Did you ever make that assumption that someone was with you only to discover they weren't? Like you thought they were on the journey with you, only to find out that they never actually came. And you, you left, like you, you're on the journey, like you're, you're thinking they're with you. They're not right beside you, but you know that they're with you, right? Only to discover that you've been living your life, you've been traveling, you've been going back home, except they decided not to come back with you. Come on, tell me you haven't been there at some point in your life. Tell me you haven't lived that. Like, this is not just about being an adult and losing a kid. This is about being an adult and losing an adult. Sometimes this is about an adult losing him or herself on the way on that journey. Thinking that you know where you're going. You think you know why. You think you know 
what it's going to be about. You think you know everything about this moment, and then you discover that that isn't the case at all. And, and you need to see that, that his parents didn't even miss him at first. That's what the Bible says. They didn't even miss him because they assumed he was among the other travelers. And when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. And that's what happens when someone's not with us. We start to ask questions, and we start to ask the people that are closest to us to see if they know where that person is that we've lost along the way. And I've had conversations with people when I felt I have lost myself. I have felt that at times when, when in my own marriage I felt like maybe we weren't as connected as we needed to be, or we weren't on the same journey, traveling in the same way. And, and you go to people and you say, hey, have you gone through this? Hey, are you going through this? Hey, do you understand this? Hey, maybe you can help me and give me some insight into this. You, you search the people that you feel are the closest with you, the people who you imagine are on the journey with you, right? And that's where, the, that's where they looked first. They, they looked at those people because they believed that somehow Jesus was still safe. And the reality is, is that he was safe, but he wasn't safe with them, and he wasn't safe with friends and relatives. Jesus was actually safe, but somewhere else, and they didn't even know where that was. And they're frantically trying to figure that out. And remember that as a child, Jesus already had enemies that wanted him dead. They already had to leave Bethlehem. And the Bible says that all the children under the age of two, had been killed because Herod wanted to make sure that Jesus never became king. So you're a parent, you lose your child, you don't know where he is, and on top of that, you already know people have wanted to kill him since his birth. And you've lost him. And this happened on your watch. Imagine how they would have felt. And of course, when they finally meet up with Jesus and they find him in the temple, the first thing that, that Mary says to Jesus is, how could you be so insensitive? I, I've never heard my wife say that to me, not even once. I just want to make that clear. And if you don't believe me, then you're, you're smarter than you look. Of course I've been insensitive. Of course I've said the wrong thing and I've done the wrong thing at the wrong moment. I think we've all had moments like that. But think about how in this moment she's speaking to her son and she's saying, how could you be so insensitive? We were going home and you didn't come with us. And then Jesus is now put in a position to explain to Mary, his mother, that he's already home. That the temple is home. That there is no other place for him that is home. That there is no other place where he feels like it's home. And in that moment, Mary hears something from Jesus that must have also hurt her heart. Hey, ha have you ever heard someone tell you that they're better off without you? <laughs> like home is with someone else, somewhere else, someplace else, and it's not with you? I mean, imagine Mary hearing this from her son, saying, after 12 years of raising this child, home isn't with you in Nazareth. It's here in Jerusalem in this temple. Where else would I be? 
Talk about daggers into the heart of Mary. Talk about daggers into her confidence as a mom and her feelings as a woman. Imagine how she would have felt in that moment. And I think that all of us can, in one way or another, hear that and feel that and have on some level experienced that. I, I think that one of the hardest things to go through as a parent and is, is when you're, you don't feel like your child loves you, even though you're doing everything possible to love them. But because our lives are imperfect and our love is imperfect as a result, sometimes our children don't understand our imperfect love. They don't understand our imperfect actions of showing them love. And they sometimes want to be anywhere else and loved by anyone else other than the person that is trying to love them. And that imperfection in us is something that sometimes drives us to either be perfectionistic or it puts us in a position where we just want to abandon the whole thing. And we get cold and indifferent and we move away from the person because that person doesn't want our love, doesn't understand it, doesn't accept it, doesn't receive it the way we want, and so we make a decision to grow cold in response. And all of a sudden, that relationship is no longer home. But this isn't what is happening in the story that we're in. In the story that we're in, the Bible tells us that they retrace their steps and they search for three days and they finally find Jesus in the temple. And we have to understand that everything that Jesus does, he does it with purpose. And his actions on this day actually pointed to the future in a way that Mary and Joseph couldn't have understood. The fact that they searched for him for three days would one day prepare Mary and Joseph for the eventuality of Jesus having to go to the cross, being put in a tomb after his death, and on the third day, being raised again through the power of the resurrection. Can we say amen to that? But in that moment, Mary couldn't have understood that. Joseph couldn't have understood it. But Jesus was showing them that the time would come where this would happen. Except the outcome, just like today, where they found him, they would find him again. I think about how God allows us to go through things. And during those times, it feels like we're searching for Jesus and he can't be found. We're reaching out to a God who can't be known. But he's there all along waiting for us. And he's where he's always going to be, home. He's going to be in the temple. He's going to be there waiting for us. Waiting for us to show up. And in that moment, we're going to ask him, hey, how come you didn't come with me on the journey? How come you didn't travel with me home? How didn't come, you didn't come with me on, when I made the decision to go out with this guy or this girl, or to marry this man or this woman, or to raise these kids, or to begin this project, or to invest this money, 
And the answer is always going to be, we can always find Jesus right where we left him. He'll still be in Jerusalem. He'll still be at the temple. And all we got to do is come back home. Can we say amen to that? It just come back home. Come back to the place where he's always been. Come back to the place where he's been there waiting for us all along. And when we've made attempts to fill ourselves with the things of this world and have found ourselves empty, Jesus has always been there ready to receive us and to take us to the next level after we have understood what it is that he's been wanting to teach us all along. Jesus prepared his parents for the future. And I want you to know that Jesus is preparing you for yours. Jesus is getting you ready for your future. And you can find Jesus home. Home is where Jesus is. And where he is helps you to experience home any and everywhere else in this world. Do you believe that for yourself? Wherever you are, wherever you're going to go, wherever you're going to be, whoever you're going to be with, however imperfect you are, or how many changes you've made and improvements you have established, behaviors you've left behind and new ones that you've formed in their place, no matter what has changed in your life, know this, it is only worthy to travel Once you know Jesus is with you, in you, for you, and forever with you. Jesus is home. Welcome home. Amen. Would you stand with me as we close in a word of prayer? Father, I want to thank you for every person that is here. And how we can be brought into a relationship with you and made to feel like this is home. Not just home here in this place that we call this community of faith, but but home in a relationship with you. Because wherever you are, that's where we want to be. Wherever we go, we can have you with us. And we're not going to take any journeys without you, Lord. We're not going to assume that you're with us. We're going to make sure you're with us. We're not going to assume you're you're coming along just because we're going. We're going to make sure that you are exactly where you want us to be. Wherever you are, that's where we want to be. Show us where in our lives, God, we need you most. Show us what you want us to work on today. You've been speaking to us about something in particular, God, and you've been doing something like that that's a little different for each of us in this place. Some things touched us more than other things, and that's your Holy Spirit at work. Lord, I pray that we would be attentive to that, we would be changed and transformed by that. And if we're here today, Lord, and and we have been far from you, I pray that you would listen to us as we ask you to come back into our lives, that you would come and be a part of our every day, that you would come and reside in us, that you would become our Lord and Savior once again, that you would forgive us of our sins and our trespasses, that you would deliver us from the evil one, that you would help us to walk on this path and that you would shine your light on it so that we would see every trap and every obstacle and that we would have your word that would encourage us on that path 
so that we could experience the victorious life that you have promised us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.